All right, so starting up again after the Pesach break, very exciting. We're up to the Gemara, it's on Pedalan on days. We went through Tashlumi Nezek, how to collect it, the Knas, Maman, the whole Sugiya, how to assess it. Can we still assess it, collect it, Bizman Hazeh? Now we're up to Tsar. So the Mishnah, the Gemara starts off on part of the Mishnah Tsar, Klob the Shvud of a Masmer. You burnt him with a Shvud, you hit him with a nail. So it says the Gemara as follows. So the fact that you pay for tsar in a circumstance without nezek, who taught that? Who's the author of that that stated that you pay tsar shalobah makam nezek? So Amir Rava, Rava answers as follows. Ben Azayi. Ben Azayi is the author, the Tana, who says that you would pay tsar even when there's no nezek, there's no long-term damage. Detanya, and the source said, you taught in a brisa. Rebbe Oimer, Kviya Nemra Tchila. Ben Azai Oimer, Chabura Nemra Tchila. Right, so Rebbe says that Kviya was said first, whereas when it comes to Ben Azai, Ben Azai says, Chabura was said first. Now, just to start off, a few Ha'aras in the Gemara. Number one, the Gemara is assuming who taught you that you pay Tsar Shalobu Makam Nezek. The assumption is that when there is Tsar B'Makam Nezek, obviously you pay it. So therefore we see already the assumption of the Gemara is that Tsar, to pay Tsar B'Makam Nezek is more simple, is more obvious that you would pay than Tsar Shalobu Makam Nezek. That's the first assumption of the Gemara. Now the Gemara says that the person who taught it is Ben Azai, because Ben Azai says... Now, the simple read of the Gemara is that we have a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, So Benazai says, Chabura said first, and Rabbi says, said first. That obviously is a ridiculous interpretation, because it's open the Chumash, and read the Chumash, you'll see very clearly that the word Kviya comes before the word Chabura. So I have to understand what this Machlokis is. So, here the Gemara already touches on it, but it's not explicit what it means. The Gemara says, But my chemifically, what are Rebbe and Benazai disagreeing about? Rebbe sava kviya delespe chabura mashma. So Rebbe is of the opinion that the word kviya, the basic impl- implication of the word kviya, is that there was no chabura whatsoever due to the kviya. It's only a burn. Therefore, kasav rachmana chabura. Therefore, the Torah added the word Chabura in the end of the Pasuk, to reveal about it, when the burn has a Chabura, then you chayim to pay Tsar. But if there's no Chabura on this type of burn, then no, you're not chayim to pay Tsar. So therefore what? Therefore we have that according to Rebbe, when the Torah says, Chabura is revealing to the initial Kviya, to tell you the only time you're chayiv to pay tsar is a kviya sheyesh al chabura. Ben Azai savar kviya de ispe chabura mashma. So Ben Azai disagrees. Ben Azai's assumption is that the basic understanding of the word kviya already has a chabura as well. And therefore, kasad rachmana chabura, therefore the Torah ended the word, the pasuk with the word chabura, the gluya Allah, to reveal about the payment of tsar, the kviya de lespe chabura. That when it says kviya originally, it meant even a kviya without a chabura. Why? Because inasmuch as the Torah specified you need a chabura at the end, that's a chabura irrelevant of the kviya. So which type of 
So if the Kviya always has to have a Chabura, well, no, you're Chayyib to when there's a Chabura. How do wise turn have to say Chabura? To reveal to you that the initial read of Kviya meant even without a Chabura. So that's the two different interpretations. Therefore, if there's no Chabura, there's no bruise, there's no wound, then there's no Nezek. So therefore, that's Rabbah's stance. Rabbah's stance is that based off this Brisa, since the basic understanding of the word Kviya includes a Chabura, the Torah tend to be reliable for a kviya, even without a chabura. Therefore, Ben Azai is the opinion that teaches us that you're liable to pay tzar, even nezek. That's the initial approach of the Gemara. So now before we get to the second explanation of the, uh, the attack on the stance of Rava, I first want to read to you, read with you the Rashis on this Gemara to get a better understanding, because we're still lacking the crux of the sugya. That's what I feel like. So let's see. Tsar shaloba makam nezek, says Rashi. Tsar, when there's no nezek, kimas nisen. Like the case of our Mishnah, al-tzipornai, when you burnt him on his fingernail, do they afchasei? There's no afchasei mikaspe. There, there was no permanent damage. So there, how do we establish, the, is there a payment of tsar? So Rebbe yomir kviya namet chila, benazai yomir chabura namet chila. Kviya das bechabura mashma. Kviya doesn't have a chabura. Now, what did we say originally? Let's not forget, there was two stages here. Stage one is said that Rebbe said kviya nemra tchila, and Azai says chabura nemra tchila. So now Rashi is coming to address to us, according to Rava, that what does it mean that Rebbe said kviya nemra tchila? So he said, kviya by itself, Rashi is saying. Kviya on its own was said originally. Kaloimar. Kviya shenemar bepasak tchila. The kviya that said in the pasak originally, Hainu shoymin shiachayev al kviya greda, afilo below chabura, delakar letzar. I would have learned from the air that when it was just a burn and there was no bruise whatsoever, there was only tsar. There I would have been chayev to pay tashlomay tsar. Lekach chutzrucha chabura delamid. Therefore, the Torah had to add the Chabura, Tachas Chabura, the end of the Pasuk to teach, that you're not liable to pay for any Tsar until there's a bruise with it, until there's permanent damage. And since you pay Ripui due to the Chabura, therefore you also pay Tsar. But in a place where there's no Chabura, there's no permanent damage, like you heard him on his fingernail, and even though right now his fingernail might be damaged, the fingernail is going to regenerate, so there's no permanent damage. There you're going to be potter. Why? Because Tsar, without any permanent damage, you don't pay. Because if it wasn't true, we would never have to write Chabura Tachas Chabura in the Chumash. Because since we taught that Kfiya without Chabura, we extrapolate that Yechayev, all the more so Chabura Sheyesh Benezek. So Rashi's learning that what's it mean, Kfiya Nematchila? Rashi's understanding that Kfiya Nematchila means that our original understanding of Kfiya Tachas Kfiya would be that only a Kfiya, even without a Chabura, you'd be Chayev to pay for. And therefore, when the Torah says Chabura, it's coming to qualify that you're only liable for Kriya Sheishima Chabura. That's Shitas Rashi. Now, in, according to Rebbe, in Rav's understanding. Now, what's Ben Azai? Ben Azai Savar, Kriya Deis Bechabura Mashma. 
Kriya really has a Chabura. V'hainu tekama Chabura nemer tchila. And that's what it means, Chabura nemer tchila. Kalomar, meaning to say, Mikviya ha'amur rishayna. When the Torah said Kviya, tachas Kviya, what would I have thought before reading any of the other part of the Pasuk? Hainu shaymin she'ein chayev, elabu makam she'esh b'chabura. We would think that Kviya itself means you're only liable to pay when there is a Chabura. Why? Distam Kviya yesh b'chabura. A normative burn also has a Chabura. There's permanent damage. Therefore, the Torah has to write Chabura explicitly. Because that teaches us from the fact we needed to say Chabura that up until now Chabura hasn't been mentioned. I, Kviya, was mentioned. Therefore, that teaches us that the Kviya is without a Chabura. Therefore, you have to pay Tsar. Even without Nezik, like our Mishnah. So it comes out according to Rabbah, the author of our Mishnah is Ben Azai. The reasoning behind Ben Azai is due to the fact that the original assumption of the word Kfiyah means Chabura. And therefore, the fact that the Torah says Chabura reveals to us that Kfiyah is even without Chabura. Mishnah is like Ben Azai. Now, in Rashi's explanation of Rebbe, there's something very, very problematic here. What's the reason that you're chayiv to pay Tsar B'makam Nezik? So, if you were to ask me, you're asking to stam and svara, we have different svaras here, you paid tsar b'makam nezik, tsar shalom b'makam nezik, why yes, why no? So I would assume that tsar b'makam nezik, if you have permanent damage, generally speaking, the pain that you experienced was actually much more severe. Whereas when it comes to tsar shalom b'makam nezik, in as much as there wasn't permanent damage, the pain you experienced is actually much less severe. So if you can say... Why do we pay Tsar B'makam Nezik? So I would say you need a certain threshold of pain in order to be chayv to pay for it. So the Torah qualified that is by saying only pain that has permanent damage. Now obviously there are going to be exceptions, yeah. But like every legal system, there's always exceptions. But as a, as a general threshold, as a general you know, law of what hit the threshold, what didn't, we necessitate permanent damage. That I could have heard. Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says actually nothing of the sort. Rashi says, I'll read it to you inside because you're not going to believe me if I tell you the outside. Rashi says, Since you pay his medical bills due to the Chabura, you also pay the Tsar. But then he says, When there's no Chabura, like on his fingernail, He's exempt because Tsar without Nezik you don't pay. Rashi says, because I pay ripui, because you pay ripui, so you pay tsar. Because you pay ripui, you pay tsar. What's the connection? And if I paid boshes, I also pay tsar. I pay shavas, a guy's unemployed. I'm saying, what? what? Because I pay ripui, I pay tsar. Why is that a valid logical argument? What's the connection? It's a total non sequitur. Very good, I paid ripui. I paid Ripui, right, I paid Ripui. So, this Rashi, right now, is not understandable. What I want to do, is in order to understand this Rashi, I want to see a Tosfus. I want to understand this Tosfus, crack into it, and after we see the Tosfus, the Tosfus is really an introduction to seeing a Pneoshua, which would open up this, uh, this discussion. So now, before we do that, right now the rash is on hold.
I'm going to continue the Gemara. The Gemara, what it does, that was Rava's stance. Now, the Rav Papa comes, he has a kasha on Rava, and therefore switches Benazai and Rebbe, so that the halach of the mission is really like Rebbe as opposed to Benazai. Now, all the svaras that went into the Gemara up until now stay the same. Just what we called Rebbe's svara will become Benazai's svara, and what we called Benazai's svara will become Rebbe's svara. So that's why I didn't read it up until now. In regards to the logic, it doesn't make a difference. But just so that we have a fluid you know, reading of the Gemara before we jump into other sugyas and trying to break into it more in depth, let's just get a, a bigger picture of the total sugya. And then we're going to jump back into this question on Rashi. So the Gemara says as follows. Maskif of Papa. Rav Papa challenges Rava. Adaraba, just the opposite, if Tabra. The if we change the stances, it's more logical. Now, what's that? Says the Gemara, Rebbe, Rebbe who says that Kviya came first, he holds just the opposite. Kviya really implies there's always a Chabura. To reveal to you that Yechayev, for Tsar, on a Kviya which even doesn't have a Chabura. And Ben Azay Elmer Chaburah Nemer Tchila. Ben Azay says Chaburah says first. Some Kviyah doesn't speak Chaburah Mashma. His interpretation was that Kviyah doesn't have any kind of meaning of Chaburah, and therefore Kasserach Mana Chaburah the Gliyah Ale Dekviyah is by Chaburah In Ilalai. Right, and they wrote specifically Chaburah to teach you that you're only liable on a burn that has a Chaburah, but if it doesn't have Chaburah, you're exempt. Vamaskana Kaimi, and on the conclusion, it's going. Now, this Gemara is cryptic. What's it mean by Maskana Kaimi? And secondly, if Tabra, Rav Papa comes along, scratches his head, pulls on his beard, and says, you know what? I don't think that's really what Rebbe said. I don't think it's what Benazai said. I think it was the opposite. He doesn't bring a proof. He doesn't even ask a question. He says the opposite is more logical to me. What is that? How can he do such a thing? So now... I want to read the Rashi. Rashi has two explanations of what Ifchem Estabra means. And through those two explanations, we'll understand also what Vamaskana Kaimi means as well. So says Rashi, Masnisin Rebihi, Velo Ben Azai, Dloakrin and Leirmi Rebi, Duhusidra. So it comes along, claim number one in Rashi, and says, We did the strangest thing right now, according to Rava. According to Rava, we established your Chayiv for Kviya that doesn't have a Chabura. Right? A kviyah doesn't have a chabura. Kviyah de lespe nezek. Our Mishnah says yechayev for kviyah de lespe chabura. It's like we spoke out before. That means that the Mishnah is like Ben Azai. How could it be? Rebbe authored the Mishnah, says Rashi. Rebbe Sidra. If Rebbe authored the Mishnah, and he wrote a Mishnah without limiting it to a certain Tana, right? The Mishnah doesn't say this is according to Ben Azai's opinion. He wrote a Mishnah and didn't qualify that it's going according to a specific Tana. That means that he has to agree to it as well. If that's true, how could we have the mission of not being like Rebbe? Therefore, that was one impetus, was one reason why Rav Papa could say, if the opposite, we got, this, uh, we got the stances switched up. In order to make Rebbe the author of the mission. That's number one. Secondly, in general, this is more logical. Why? That, that which we said, Amaskana de Milsa Kaimi. That makes more sense if that's going to be the Maskana. That's going to be their opinion. 
it's going to, the, the Kviyan Emer Tehillah is going to be representative of that which is the halachic stance. The Metukma Badrasha Dekra, and how we establish the expounding of the Pasuk itself. Valava Mashmos Kamakai, and not on just your initial interpretation, the Seifa Mikra Asi Deitzio, because at the end of the day, the Pasuk's going to change it. Vahachi Kaama Rebbe. This is what really Rebbe wants to say. Meaning, before the Hachi Kama Rebbe. We're going to say as follows. Comes along Rashi and says, Up until now, what have we said Kfiyanamachila means? According to Rav, Kfiyanamachila means that according to Rebbe, when I look at the word Kfiyatachas Kfiya, and I didn't finish the Pasuk, what's my initial interpretation of the word Kfiya? Says Rebbe, your initial interpretation? That's any type of Kfiya. But at the end of the day, what type of what type of kviyah are you liable to pay tsar for? That's only kviyah with chabura. So kviyah nemetchila is actually quite misleading. Kviyah nemetchila implies that we're interested in the kviyah, and according to Rebbe, you're just interested in the chabura. And just the opposite. Benazay says chabura nemetchila. Chabura nemetchila, according to Rava, means that at the end of the day, you're going to be chayim for any kviyah. So what's the nemetchila? According to Rava, the Nemer Tchila is, what's our initial interpretation of the Pasuk? Says Rav Papa, it's actually much more logical if when we said Rebbe stands, he was making a halachic statement. Not just giving you some general knowledge of what your initial interpretation of the Pasuk would be, and that's otherwise told by the Chumash. Rather, he's telling you a halachic stance. Kviya Nemer Tchila. Whereas according to Ben Azai, Chabura Nemer Tchila. Chabura. Now, that's what it means of Askana Kaimi. That when it says the Kviya Nemetchila, that original Machlokas of Rebbe Yomer Kviya Nemetchila and Menazah Yomer Chabur Nemetchila, that's a Maskana Kaimi. That's going on their stance. It's not just their, how they would go ahead and make a, an exegesis of a word in the Pasuk. No! It's actually telling you a halachic statement. Therefore, it comes along Rashi, Vahachikama Rebbe, once again to Rav Papa stands. This is what Rebbe meant to say. Then the Pasuk proves to us that a Kviya, even without a Chabur, you're obligated to pay Tsar. But Chilaso, you're obligated from the onset. And you pay Tsar even without a Nezik. What's the reasoning? Because a Kviya, when our first interpretation would be limited to when there is a Chabura. Therefore, Kasar Rachman HaChabura, V'chulei, the teacher, no. V'ben Azai, Yom Yosef HaMikra, Mechiyach, Lanu, D'Chabura, Nemer, Tchila. K'loim HaMyosef HaMikra, Anu, Lameiden, Shekviya, Shekhaiva, Kasar, Tchilas, Amin, Adem, Ken, Yeshim, HaChabura. Maitayim HaKviya, V'chulei. So, the same exact logic which Rashi spoke out before spoke out. So the question is, how do we interpret this initial presentation of the stances? According to Rav, Kviya means that our initial interpretation of the Pasuk would mean that any type of Kviya Yechayi for. Whereas according to Rav Papa, Kviya means that due to the end of the Pasuk of Chabura that reveals to us that Kviya in the beginning of the Pasuk means all Kviyas Yechayi for. And that's the Maskana. So based off that Machlokas, Rav Papa says his explanation is better for two reasons. Number one, it comes out that Kviya Nemer Tchila is a halachic stance. The Kviya is Nemer Tchila. The Pasuk proves to us that the Kviya Nemer Tchila means any Kviya. That's number one. Number two is that it has the Mishnah coming out like Rabbi. A Stan Mishnah is not going to be against Rabbi's stance. 
And that's two things that we benefit from. That being said, the logic of, at this point, of Ben Azai, who says, and you're only chayev b'makam nezek, because since you're paying ripui, you also pay tsar, that logical assumption has to be understood. Why in the world is that? So if you look here, there's a Tesfis, Tzara Shalabam Akam Nezik, Demeshalim Antana, says Tesfis, Pirashti Besev Perak Sheni. He points out that he already explained our Gemara in the end of the second Perak. So let's jump over there, the end of the second Perak, and try to understand what uh, he's saying. So the Gemara over here is trying to determine um, the different payments when a person's Chayiv the pay, Chamisha Dvarim based off of the status of a person, Odom being Muad La'ilam. He's always Muad. We know there's something called a Shartam, and a Shor Muad. So within the claim that an Odom is Muad La'ilam, we want to know how the Chamisha Dvarim of our Perek fit in. So the Gemara asks, the Gemara asks as follows, the Gemara wants to know how you know your Chayiv Tashlumi Nezek, even when a person hurts another person, B'Shegeg. Manani Mile. So Amar Chizkiya, is on Chavav on Beis, they derive it from a pasuk. tachas patsa, a wound for a wound. To obligate a person to pay tashlume nezek, whether it's shigig, whether it's mezid, whether it was against his will, whether it was willingly. So says es the Gemara, hami nezek. I we need a pasuk to teach us. That you have to pay tsar b'makom nezek. So it responds to the Gemara. Imkin lichtiv kro petza b'potza. The Gemara could have just said the Chalunish could have said petza b'potza. If it said a wound for a wound, it could have expressed it b'potza without the additional word. And from there, we could have extrapolated that you pay tsar b'makom nezek. My tachas petza. Why does the Torah add an additional word of tachas? From there, the fact that it added an additional word in, in lieu of Petza Bipatza, it says Petza Tachas Petza, that allows us to make two drushas. One drusha being and the other one is to pay Tzarba Makam Nezek. So here there's a Tesvis in Hami Bailey, we take Tzarba Makam Nezek, the first taste on the Ahmad, in the middle he has a question here. Vim and if you're going to say, over here, there's an assumption to be made. The assumption is as follows. The Gemara says, We need the Pasuk of Petza Tachas Patza to teach me that you pay Tsar Bemakam Nezek. That means we know there's a Tashtam of Nezek, that's in the Chumash. So now, how do I know I paid Tsar Bemakam Nezek? There, woo! Tsar Bemakam Nezek, that we need a Pasuk for. So, Tsar on its own, we knew. Tsar obviously exists. It's a pasuk. We need an additional pasuk that teaches it exists even in Makam Nezek. So if you're going to ask me what's the baseline of when I paid Tsar, according to this Gemara, the baseline of when I paid Tsar is whenever there's no Nezek. So it says to us, Over here, the implication of Tsar Shaloba Makam Nezek is more simple. Why? Because here we need an additional Pasuk to teach us that you pay Tsar, even in a circumstance where Nesek also exists. 
Ubaperik Achlivil, but in Argamara, Dafpehei, Vedaladam Abizam, sorry, Mashma Ifcha. It implies the opposite that what? Damer Tsar Shalibi Makim Nezik, Dimishali Mantana. Who in the world is the author of the Mishnah who says that you pay Tsar Shalibi Makim Nezik? So now, we have a contradiction. What's the baseline? According to the Gemara and Chavav Amabiz, the baseline is that you obviously paid Tsar Shalom Nezek. Whereas when it comes to our Gemara and Pedalan Amabiz, the baseline is you paid Tsar Bamakam Nezek. The question is, how do I know that I paid Tsar even Shalom Bamakam Nezek? Astira, what's the baseline? So answers to this is as follows. You can answer this question by saying is like this. When the Gemara says, Shaloba Makam Nezik, that no Nezik exists whatsoever later on, and Pedalan would be, Hainu Bemakam Shalo Asa Reshim. That's a place where there's no Reshim. We'll see soon what that means, a Reshim. Kedektani Kvo Adsipurnai. Like it says in the Mishnah, he burnt him on his fingernail. Vitsar Shaloba Makam Nezik Tahachan. What does it mean here that there was a Tsar Shaloba Makam Nezik? Hainu al that means on his flesh. Shenikarishumo, you can see the after effect. Velo but there was no afchesemikaspe, there was no loss of value, meaning to say there was no loss of function. Vitsar b'makam nezek tahacha, and tsar b'makam nezek here means kagun kita yodai. You chopped off his hand, Vashiba Ragle, he broke his leg in a way where it won't heal. The Afchasemi Kaspe. And there, in that circumstance, you made him decrease his functional value. And that we can't learn out that you have to pay Tsar. Not from Khabura Tachas Khabura, not from Kriya Tachas Kriya. So what did Tisvis do here? So Tisvis made three different categories of Tsar B'makam Nezek. Number one is, there's a type of Tsar where there's no permanent damage whatsoever. That's one extreme. There's a Tsar, you burnt the fingernail, the fingernail in three months is going to totally regenerate, and in three months from now, no one will ever know that you suffered anything. That's called Tsar Shalom B'makam Nezek, grade one. Now, the opposite extreme We'll call this Tsar B'makom Nezek. Yeah. That is, you chopped off someone's hand. There's permanent functional damage. He's never going to operate the same way. There. There. That extreme. Also, Tsar B'makom Nezek is a Chiddush. So those are two polar, polar opposites. On one extreme, you have a Tsar where there's a burn, there's no damage whatsoever, there's going to be never any kind of noticeable change three months from now. He'll revert to his whole same experience. Now, the opposite extreme, he's going to lost a hand. He's never the same again. Comes along to this and creates an in-between. There's something called a Rishimo. What's a Rishimo? A Rishimo is, there's no Afcha Semikaspe, there's no functional damage. Rather, what is there? There's a Rishimo. What's a Rishimo? A scar. In other words, what we would call this back in the day when we were discussing the, the parameters of Nezek according to the Rambam, we would call this an Afcha Semigufe. There's a change, a permanent change in his body without a permanent change in function. So, Thursday sets up as follows. We have two different sugyas. 
the sugya of the Gemara on Peydalet Amad Beis is calling Tsar Shelo B'makom Nezek. Tsar Shelo B'makom Nezek. There, they're calling it a quality parno. That's what they mean. Shelo B'makom Nezek means that you're never going to have any permanent damage whatsoever, not functionally and not physically. That's a Shelo B'makom Nezek. So there, the assumption is that the baseline for when you pay tsar is b'makom nezek. It's b'makom nezek. Why? Because the baseline of when you pay tsar is when there's a chabura. Kviya tachas kviya. Chabura tachas chabura. So there's a chabura. Chabura is at least rashimai. That's what we saw from Tesis here. So the baseline is this in-between. So what shelo b'makom nezek when b'makom nezek is a rashimo? In that circumstance, means relative to what our baseline is, is So now, what's b'makom nezek in the sugya daf chavav? The b'makom nezek in the sugya daf chavav is the loss of a hand. You you lost a functional use of your body. So therefore, relative to what b'makom nezek is on chavav amabez, we could call even a rishimo. Shalom b'makom nezek. That's without any nezek. So now, that means that this in-between state, this stage two of tsar and nezek, of tsar having a rishimo, but not being totally fine, like the case of the Mishnah paid Dalit, and not like the Gemara Chavav of losing a hand, there's no functional loss. This in-between state, relative to what you're comparing it to, can have a different nomenclature. The Gemara on that Peydalet Amad Beis is calling that Tsar B'makam Nezek because relative to Kvaotzi Porno, there's permanent damage here. And the Gemara Chavav Amad Beis is calling, is calling the Tsar with the scar, that's calling it B'makam Nezek. That's, I'm sorry, that's calling it Shalom B'makam Nezek because relative to losing a hand, that doesn't qualify as Nezek. So, besides answering for the stira, why the, what's the baseline for when you're yes, chayv, and sar, we've actually gone ahead and created three different categories. We've created three different categories of nezek that a person can go through. Number one is no nezek whatsoever, kvalt Number two, there's a nezek, which is an afchasei migufei, there's a rishimo, there's a scar, but no functional loss. Level number three is that you have to, there's even a loss of function. Now, even though it could be we were aware of these, bedas the Rambam, up until now, comes along Tisvis and proves it from the Gemara, that the Gemara has to agree to these three different levels, that there's a difference between a rishimo, a scar, as opposed to uh, an, an, a, a kitoyano, a functional loss. So that's the, what we've benefited from Tisvis. Now, I want to prove to you that not only does Tisvis hold this, but Rashi also holds this. How do I want to prove this? Comes along, besides answering for the steer that Tisvis raises, let's go back to the first Rashi we saw together this year. Tsar Shalobu Makam Nezek. Now, what does he call Shalobu Makam Nezek? Kimas Nisin, like our Mishnah, on his fingernail. Because there, there was no loss. What's Rashi contrasting? What's he coming to tell us? 
He's coming to qualify. What's it mean here in our circumstances of Shalom B'Malkam Nezek? He knows there's different interpretations of what Shalom B'Malkam Nezek means. Comes along Rashi and says, we're talking about the one of our Mishnah. We're talking about the Shalom B'Malkam Nezek where there's not even a Rishimo. There, that's where we have to know. That's where we have a question. Do you still pay Tsar under those circumstances? When there's a Rishimo that we know, that's the Pasuk. That's Petzatachas Patzah. That's where it says Chabura. We know there's a Rishimo. You're paying that. We read the Chumash. But it's Rashi, the Tsar Shaloi Nezek, that we want to know about. There, that's our Mishnah. That's Kvod Sipurno. Rashi understood there was different interpretations for what it means Shaloi B'Makam Nezek. The same way that he knows that in Chavavam Beis, there's a Gemara that says Shaloi B'Makam Nezek means a Rishimo. So therefore, Rashi had to come out over here and say that as well. So that means that I proved to you, so far there's three different levels of Nezek, that each one, there's a Chiddush that Yechayev and Sar. The Chiddush number one, we have a Pasuk and Chavav HaMabbez, Dechayev you even B'Makom Sar. And we have a Machlokas, Rebbe Ben Azai, whether Yechayev Shalom B'Makom. I'm saying, uh, sorry, I said that wrong. We have a Gemara, Chavav HaMabbez, saying Yechayev Tsar, even B'Makom Nezek. And we have a Machlokas, Rebbe Ben Azai, and Peidal HaMabbez, whether Yechayev Tsar Shaloi B'makam Nezek, and we paskan like Rabbi, Yechayev Tsar Shaloi B'makam Nezek. So according to our Gemara, Rashi, Tosfus, and the Rambam, we have three different levels of Nezek, all of them are Chayev and Tsar. So now, now that we've seen this, we understood Tosfus, we understand how this is clear in Rashi as well, now let's see this Pnei Yeshua. It says the Pnei Yeshua as follows, B'Pirish Rashi, Devramascho, Kviyad Alespei Chaburo, the cave in the Mishalem Ripui Mishalem Namitzar is harping on this point that we discussed already. It's a difficult point in Rashi. Explains the Pnei Yeshua Kavanosei Beze. Rashi's intent when he said the statement. The Af im Nemar Shalasaboi Chabura Ayri. Even if we say that our case is talking about a circumstance where we made a Chabura, Mikol Makom. Nonetheless, Loimash Meshikitoi Eivar. The implication of our Gemara isn't that he gave him a chabura, that he made him lose a limb, and he lost some kind of function. If that's true, that we can't establish our, the Pasuk is talking about whether there's an that would still qualify it as and nonetheless you pay. So why is it that the Gemara is asking my Mantana, seemingly the Pasuk, taught us that? Because the Pasuk told us that there's a Chabura, and nonetheless you're paying Tsar. Lekach Kasov, therefore Rashi comes along and writes, Nemishum halo Ayri. That's not where we're coming from. Why? Demikol Mokam have Tsar Ripui. Because there, when there's a Chabura, at least we see there's a, a Ripui. And therefore, if there's permanent damages that were caused, obviously you're going to have to pay Tsar. That we know already, that's self-understood from the Pasuk. Like we'll see later on, the Gemara teaches, that we can extrapolate the payments of the Chamisha Dvarim one from each other. But... When we're talking only about Tsar by itself, to the Rebbe Lemechayev, there, at that stage, like we're still in Rava, let's not forget. So, according to Rebbe, which is our Benazai Lamaskana, there you're not Chayev on just Tsar. There you're not Chayev just on Tsar. 
So what comes along the Pnei Yeshua and says as follows, why is it that since, according to the, the opinion that says you're only chayiv when there's a Chabura, what's Chabura teach us? Chabura teaches us that the Chavmish and Dvarim are intact. How do I know Chavmish and Dvarim are intact? Because there's a Chabura. And a Chabura necessitates a ripui. A Chabura necessitates medical attention. You're getting a scar, you need a medical attention. And therefore, once the Chamisha Devarim are in play, then all of them are in play. So obviously, says Rashi, once you're paying Ripui, so you're for sure certainly saying paying Tsar. The question is, when you're not even paying Ripui, because there's no need for medical attention. Let's see Rashi inside, but that's a Geshmak Asfar. Comes along again. Rashi and says, She'ein chayiv kum, in the middle of the first wide line, She'ein chayiv kum, you're not obligated to pay any payment, ad she'echabura ima, until there's a wound with it. Why? De'keven de'mishalim ripui mishum chabura. Since you're already paying ripui due to the chabura, you enter the realm of chamisha dvorim. So mishalim nami tsar, therefore you can also obligate it to pay tsar. Avoshaloi b'mokum neze chabura, I'm sorry, but when there's no chabura, k'goin al tzipurin. Like the Tzipurin, where? Because there's no scarring. There you're potter. You're exempt. Tzar b'loin nezek, lemeshalem. Unbelievable. So Pnei Yeshua coming along, assuming these three levels, which we've proven from Tzvis, and proven that Rashi also agrees to it, is going to be the basis for understanding this limud of the Gemara of Rashi, that since you're paying ripui b'makam nezek, so too you also pay Tzar. Unbelievable. So that's the Gemara up until now. So the Gemara has two takes. Take number one is Tsar Shalobi Makam Nezek Mantana. We've proven based off what the initial interpretation of Chabura is, is going to determine whether or not you say Kviya Namatkhila, according to Rav Papa, Kviya Namatkhila meaning that the Kviya, which was said originally, means any type of Kviya. That'll be Rebbe's stance. Or, like Ben Azai, that Chabura Namatchila, the Kviya said in the beginning, also necessitates a Chabura to be Chayim to pay Tsar. Obviously, we pass in Rebbe, and that's what the first interpretation of the Machlikis of Ben Azai and Rebbe is our mission being Rebbe. Inami. Comes along the Gemara, a whole new interpretation. The Kuli Alma Kviya Deit Be Chabura, Bein Deleis Be Chabura Mashma. Really, the word kviya has no initial implications whatsoever. Kviya is part of, it could be a chabura, it couldn't be a chabura, Rebbe doesn't care, Ben Adazi doesn't care, they're open-minded, they read the word kviya, everything's implied. So what's the machlekes then? A fundamental machlekes, what happens when you have something called a klalu prat nulchakim? Klalu prat nulchakim means, we have a pasuk, kviya tachas kviya, Petza tachas patza, chabura tachas chabura. Now, kviya tachas kviya is going to be, the concept of a klal prat is, yechayiv to pay tsar for a kviya. Now, if we have a prat, a detail following that klal, of yechayiv to pay tsar for a kviya, so that prat will modify the klal, and the klal will be limited to the prat. So it says, kviya tachas kviya, petza tachas petza, chabura tachas chabura. If you learn that this is a klal prat, chabura... At the end of the Pasuk would be a prat, it would be a detail which limits the klal of kviya to be only a kviya that has a chabura. That's where you pay tsar. Now the difficulty here is, is that there's a part of the Pasuk, pensa tachas patza, coming in between. 
So since there's something making a separation between Kviyah Tachas Kviyah, the beginning of the Pasuk, and the end of the Pasuk, Chabura and Tachas Chabura, there's a separation between them, that's what's called the Klalu Prat Meruchakim Zemizeh. They're far apart from each other. That's the Nekudas HaMachlekes. That's the point of dissension. Rebbe Silver ain't done in a Sebuchala Prat. Rebbe says, since there's a separation, Petatachas Pechotza comes between them, therefore that doesn't constitute a Klalu Prat. And therefore, Kviya is a general principle which is going to be encompassing all types of Kviyas. So even if there's not a Chabura, nonetheless, you're going to be Chayiv, Prat. And according to Ben Azai, even though Petza, Tachas, Patza comes between, nonetheless, this still constitutes a Klalu Prat, and therefore the Kviya said in the beginning of the Pasuk is only going to be a Kviya with a Chabura. Now, if that's being tr- said, we understand very clearly why it says Chabura in the Pasuk according to Rebbe, according to Ben Azai, I'm sorry, because Chabura is qualifying the type of Kviya Yechayef for. Vichitema, but if you're going to say Chabura the Rebbe Lameli, that's true though, according to Rebbe, why does the Torah say Chabura? There's no need to say Chabura. It's not adding anything, it's not part of the Klala Prat. Answers the Gemara, Ledamim Yaserim, for extra money, extra money. Now, what does that mean, extra money? So let's see. Let's see Rashi. And Rashi, on the, let's see Rashi on the whole Gemara. And then we'll see, trying to get a better understanding of what's it mean, the Dalim Yaserim. So Rashi says as follows Rabbi Savar ain't done in. Hachanami, Here also, the Kviya, which is said first, is the general rule. The Kviya Mashma bin Sheshir Chabura bin Shemain Makabura. Kviya implies whether or not there's a wound with it or not. And if Chabura was juxtaposed to the word Kviya, we would have extrapolated that Chabura is modifying the type of Kviya which you're liable for. And you would only obligate on a Kviya that has the detail of a Chabura in it. And if there was a Chabura, you'd be liable. Without a Chabura, you're not liable. But now that it talks about wounds in between the bruise and the burn, we don't extrapolate a klal prat. Later on, the Gemara is going to ask, Chabura the Rebbe Lamele. Later on, I'm going to ask, why does Rebbe have the Pasuk Chabura as part of the verse? Also explains now, Rashi, what's this mean according to the original statement of Kviya Nemetchila, according to Rebbe? This means... Kaloimar, meaning to say, Mitchilas Apasuk, from the onset of the verse, Anu the maiden, we extrapolate, Shu Chayev Bekviya that you're obligated to pay for Tsar with the burn by itself. Veloinam Ersaifa Mechiach, Shemitchilas Avechayev, Lakshish Chabura, Vindanan, Masis and Rebihi. And we don't say that the end of the verse reveals the intent of the general principle, and rather, it's not true, we don't extrapolate that Kalal Prat, and therefore our mission is Rebbe. So says the Gemara, says Rashi, I'm sorry, in the part of the Gemara that says, according to Rebbe, why do we have the Pasuk Chabura? Since from the Resha, the beginning of the Pasuk of Kviya Tachas Kviya, we understand whether there's a Chabura or not, you're going to be liable. And says Rashi, for extra money, why? If it only wrote Kviya Tachas Kviya, a wound for a wound, a burn for a burn, I'm sorry. Have Amrinan, I would say, bin is be chabura, bin less be chabura, whether or not there's a chabura when there's this wound, when there's this burn, the make via mishalim. 
I would pay the money of the burn, the value of the burn. But I wouldn't pay two. The assumption being here, I wouldn't pay two. I wouldn't pay Tsar or Nezek, Nezek or Tsar. Right? Those are two variables. He doesn't say. Kamash Malan, therefore the Torah says, Chabura de Mishalim Tavayi, that you pay both. Meaning to say, if you're going to ask me, the simple interpretation means you would only pay the Tsar. Nezek, we learn, I would only pay the Tsar. There's a Havamina here that if I paid Tsar, that would exempt me from the Tashlum of Nezek. Comes along the Torah, writes Chabura, and that teaches me that I'm Chayiv not just in Tsar, but even in Nezek, for both of them. Now, this Havamina is wild. Why in the world would I ever think that if I paid Tsar, I'm exempt from paying Nezek? That's a question, a serious, serious question that we're going to have to address. Now, I don't know if we're going to be able to address that today, probably not. What I want to do is I want to set up shop to present to you Machlikas Rashi Tesis and the understanding of the Dhamma Yasirim and the difficulties in each one. So Rashi, right now, our difficulty is why would we ever think that just paying Tsar would exempt you from paying Nezek? Comes along the Tesis, the Dhamma Yasirim, he quotes Rashi, Pirish Bakuntris, the notebook Rashi, Explained as follows: Even when there was a wound, a bruise, you only pay the value of the burn. But when there's both the nezek and the kviya, you don't pay. Therefore, it comes to teach us to meshalim tavayu. We pay both. You pay Tsar even in the circumstance of Nezek. Now, this is a Pella. Tsar b'makam Nezek, the implication is that you pay, you, the Chiddush is, you even pay the Tsar in a, a circumstance of Nezek. That means that he understood the Havamina was that you're only paying Nezek. You're only paying Nezek. And Kamash Malan, that you pay both. You even pay the Tsar b'makam Nezek. So he understood Rashi not like us. He understood that Dmeikviya meant that what? That you're paying Nezek. Now, this is very, very difficult. Before we get to why it's, I'm saying just what's the, the, the words, the reading is off. Second of all, Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi never mentions Sabah Menach Nezek. He never says what the variables are. But let's see the Ri's kashas on Rashi. Very near the Ri. This doesn't seem logical to the Ri. Number one, if that's what you're looking for, we already have a source. Vilaid, and all the more so, we have another kasha. Why would we think that Tsar would exempt you from Nezek and Ripui? Now, what, what's he asking? What do you, why would we ever think that Tsar would exempt you from Nezek and Ripui? Who's talking about Tsar exempting you from Nezek and Ripui? That's not the discussion here. The discussion here is. That the Nezek should exempt you from the Tsar and the Ripui. That's what you said. The Chiddush is Tsar B'makam Nezek. So here, the Marasha asks this question. The Marasha says, This is not the language of Rashi. And it seems like his intent is actually the opposite. We learn from here, We actually pay both. 
Nezik b'makom tsar. You even pay nezik in a circumstance where you're paying tsar. So according to Marshal, he understood Rashi like us, that the Havamina was you paid tsar, and the Kamash Malana is that even though you're paying tsar, that won't exempt you from the Tashlumi Nezik, you even have to pay Tashlumi Nezik as well. And if it only wrote Kviya, Havamina d'mei Kviya hudameshalim, I would pay the d'mei Kviya, now what's that? Dahinut tsar l'chud. That's only tsar by itself. So that's Kashmak. That's the Marshal. Now the Marshal is going to prove this. The second question is an ironclad proof. Why? Because the second question is, who would have thought that just because you're paying Tsar would exempt you from Nezek? The implication being, though, that the Havamina was you're only paying Tsar, explicit. So, according to the Marashal, the language of Tesis is inaccurate. Instead of saying, really, you have to read it. Now, those are the two kashas, again, that he has on Rashi. Because of these kashas, Tus is coming along and going to say something unbelievable. But near the Ri, it seems to the Ri, the Dumim Yaseirim, that what's it mean that you pay extra money? You pay for the Tsar that a person goes through when there's a scar. More than you pay for a tsar a person goes through when there's no roshim. Even though the degree of pain they go through is actually equal, there's no distinction whatsoever in the degree of pain they go through. Says to Jesus, You pay more tsar because. He's embarrassed due to the scar. Comes along Ptosis and says something unbelievable. Tsar, the Dalim Yaseirim, the Chiddush is, you pay more Tashlumay Tsar when there's a Rishim, when there's a Chabura. Why? Because he's embarrassed. What's he saying? You're paying more Tashlumay Tsar because he's embarrassed? Did you not forget there's a Mishnah? The Mishnah says... Nezek, Tsar, and Boshes. There's a totally separate payment called Boshes. Boshes is a payment. When you're embarrassed due to the Nezek that happened to you, someone attacked you, and you're embarrassed due to what occurred, there's a payment called Boshes. Comes along to us and says, No, you have a Tsar, you're pain, you suffered. So now, even though we could hit the same Richter scale of pain, with or without the scar, since you're embarrassed, I feel bad for you. You pay more tsar. That's not tsar. We have a payment for embarrassment. That a payment's called boshes. So why is how can Tosis mix the two together? This is saying you experience tsar more. If you experience tsar more, it hurts more. So it hurts more. Ah, it hurts. It doesn't hurt more. Tosis says it doesn't hurt more. You're embarrassed. Pay boshes. So what's this trolling Tosis is making? Tosis is making that because there's a, a ganai. In the scar, you're paying more tsar, even though the tsar is the same exact level of tsar without the scar. Peleploim. So both Rashi and Tisvis here are difficult. What's this mean, the Dalim Yaserim? The Dalim Yaserim, according to Rashi, the Havamina is you paid tsar, you're putter from Nezek. What's that Havamina? Because you paid tsar, you're exempt from Nezek? That's our difficulty with Shitas Rashi. Difficulty with Tisvis? Dalim Yaserim, when there's a scar, when there's a Rishimo, then. You pay more tsar. Ah, it doesn't hurt anymore when there's a scar? 
Yeah, but you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed, that should be boshes. So how, what's this cholent of embarrassment creeping into Tsar when we have a totally separate payment of boshes? And Mir Tashem, we're going to pick up from here next week. Shkach, guys.